Eleanor Ford has been described as a culinary detective. She has travelled the world seeking out the best food in more than 70 countries. She's a multi-award winning food writer, a recipe developer, a food stylist. Yes, that's a thing. And Eleanor's just published a new book called The Nutmeg Trail. It dives deep into the history of spice with recipes and stories exploring how centuries of spice trading and cultural diffusion has changed the world's cuisine. Eleanor is with us this morning. Kia ora, good morning. Good morning. Could you just start us off by giving us a bit of a concept behind the nutmeg trail? Because it isn't your standard cookbook or your standard recipe book. You've tried to do something a little richer. Well, what I wanted to do is write a book about spice, which has got such a rich vein of not only recipes, but stories as well. So on the one hand, I wanted to show how to use spices to their full effect, how to layer them and blend them to create really exciting food, but also to delve into the history of spice, into their flavor profiles, into um, as much context as I could around these incredible ingredients. Tell us a little bit more about the history, because I'm sure many of our listeners will have heard about the Spice Trail and about, you know, the ways in which um, particularly European colonial countries used spices as they, you know, look to um, assert their dominance around the world. But what surprised you about the history of spice? Well, certainly there's this bloody colourful, bold period in the sort of 16th, 17th centuries where Europe got into the fray. But Spice's story goes back so much further than that. The Spice Trails, the maritime trading routes across the Indian Ocean, were laid 4,000 years ago. And for millennia, it was a very peaceful trade. And it really brought countries around the world together because and to lay the paths for globalization, as spice was one of the first products that was traded internationally. What was it about spice that set it apart from other things that might have been traded? Well, spice um, has perhaps it's because it's traded, because it's done a journey, a sort of otherworldly quality. Mm. It became hugely valuable across the world, particularly the further it travelled from its source country, the more valuable it became because of the journey it had taken. So spice had this sort of mysticism, magic imbued upon it. It was used as medicine. It was used for worship. It was used, of course, in food. But it became a kind of status symbol, being able to use spice because it showed um, that you were an erudite person. Mm. I, I wondered too if it was just... Just imagine the delight of someone who had never enjoyed the spices that we have available to us today. Imagine trying nutmeg for the first time or allspice for the first time or cinnamon for the first time. It would have been an extraordinary experience. And what's inherent in spice, even to this day, is how potent and powerful they are as flavorings. You know, they're the parts of plants where all those essential oils are packed most densely. So in such a small package, you can get such a big flavor bomb. Mm. What what is food without spice <laughs> in this in this day and I mean I mean of course you know food has its own flavor profiles but but so much of of modern cuisine is entirely built off the back of spice is it not absolutely and you can get dishes where 
Spice plays the dominant role where it's really taking over is the key flavor profiles. Or you can get something far more nuanced where just a little bit of spice is accenting the flavors and bringing out the key ingredients. So I think it can be used both as a lead superhero or it can be used as a seasoning. It's, it's got so much versatility. So tell me a bit more about your relationship with Spice and how it has informed your development as a chef. Because you're someone who has traveled a lot you've been fortunate to travel a lot and you've traveled quite deliberately in your time you you say that you like to travel slowly for example and I imagine that as a part of those travels getting to know more about certain regions and their relationship with spices has come to inform your development as a chef Absolutely. What really fascinates me is looking at food taking a journey how when you travel to different regions within a country or across borders, looking at how food gradually shifts and changes, how flavor profiles change. And of course, there are some countries that use a specific ingredient that's rare and unusual, but very often it's the same ingredients, just combined in slightly different ways. And when I looked at spice blends around the world, and in my book, I sort of made a map of spice blends so you can compare what constitutes these different blends that we might have um, heard of or might use in our kitchen. And it's interesting to see how much overlap there is, how much similarity, the same base notes are there. And then it's just a few tweaks, a few accents of flavor that make a really big impact and take a cuisine in a completely different direction. Yeah, because because sometimes just the small changes, that, and this is what you describe in the book, small changes over a relatively small geographic area end up having resulting in quite distinct cuisines, don't they? Absolutely. Is there a spice that you've come to think of differently from your journeys and from your um, and, and from your study in this space? Well, I think something that interests me is the sort of the lost spices, spices that have fallen mm. from our everyday cooking. Because there are certain um, spices that are now quite regional in their usage, but things like grains of paradise or cubeb peppers, or um, grains of salim. Uh, These are a mixture of African and Indonesian spices that I've mentioned, and also long pepper, another Indonesian one, which were once very popular on an international uh, scale, and now just have sort of fallen out. They don't tend to be in most people's cupboards, but um, perhaps are becoming a little more into focus again as the world looks um, more and more to international cuisines and looks for the rare and the exotic. Why, Why does that happen? Do you think? I think, um, well, in the case of some of the peppers, black pepper really took a stranglehold on the market. uh, And that was a trading reality. It became a spice that was easy to trade in bulk and uh, the sort of trading patterns had been worked out. So it really took over in the West as a key source of piquancy. Um, But but it's interesting because some other peppercorns have perhaps more nuance um, going on. Something like long pepper, which is a sort of extended black wrinkly catkin, mm. has sort of almost violet top notes as well as that pepper heat. So it's an interesting ingredient. That's funny, isn't it? It's sort of like the, it's almost the tyranny of globalisation. You know, the great the great thing about the development of these of these trade routes is that Many of us in places where spices cannot be grown are able to enjoy the fruits of these incredible flavors. But at the same time, um, you know, spices which are easy to transport and 
which are you know easy to grow, inevitably end up dominating exports, and that probably actually influences our cuisine. Absolutely, you're so right. Take something like nutmeg. Nutmeg was once only grown on ten tiny little islands in Indonesia, very very remote, and so it's rather extraordinary that these um, nutmeg trees were discovered. The the pips were taken out and spread mm. so wide, and now it, it forms the basis of so many spice blends around the world. But it could have been another tree, another another seed, another root. Uh, it, it's a kind of quirk of history of fate that these ingredients have come to dominate in such a way. I, I learned from your book something I didn't know about nutmeg. It's in Coca-Cola. It's in Coca-Cola. <laughs> Absolutely. It's one of those things. But Coca-Cola's full of spices. It really draws on those complexities of flavours. So it's it's a secret recipe, of course. Yeah. We don't know the exact spices, but it's definitely thought that nutmeg is one of them. Do you think they use synthetic versions or would they... Do you think they would use think, the real thing? No, I think it's still, um, I believe, real herbs, real spices. And that's the thing is when you have a synthetic version mm. of a spice, take something like vanillin, which is 97% of the vanilla flavor around the world mm. is synthetically manufactured. It has vanillin and it gets very, very close to the true flavor. But it's those kind of special extras, the nuance, the ephemeral notes on top that are lost and that it's very hard to form in a synthetic way. Were there any spices you came across you didn't like? Oh, no, no, I couldn't <laughs> say that. I love spices. I think it's interesting because a lot of spice inherently has bitter notes. So if you try them in isolation, it can be a little overwhelming on the palate. But once they're combined with food, I think bitterness is is perhaps underrated when we think about food. We think of it as a negative, but it can really bring bring another layer of flavour. Well, I can. I, the reason I ask is I, I think... I recall a disastrous casserole being made at my at my place once upon a time when I think, you know, a tablespoon of nutmeg was added as opposed to a third <laughs> of a teaspoon. And it's one of those spices that if you have too much, you really know about it. You know about it. Well, spices have all these things. They have these medicinal notes. They mm. have rasping heat. They have a rawness. You have to sort of work carefully and work out at what stage it's best to add them to cooking as well because you want to... Some spices need cooking early on and you can lay those spicy foundations. Some are better, better grated right at the last moment so you capture the sort of fragrances that would otherwise drift away. And very helpfully, you explain that in in the book. You go through that and, and point out for different dishes when spices should be added. I recall an occasion when I went to a dinner party and the person who was making dinner pulled out um, a, a pre-made packet of ground cumin and one of the other people at the dinner party recoiled in horror that this person wasn't <laughs> grinding their own their own spices and then adding it to the dish. Are there any, you know, are there any must dos that those of us who are just cooking at home perhaps get wrong when it comes to spices? Well, I think there's a snobbishness around pre-ground spices, which on the one hand, I understand. Spices very quickly lose what makes them so special, that flavour. So you should try and replace your spices often. But then pre-ground is useful. Grinding your own, toasting them in the pan first, it can be wonderful. It can mm. really release a lot of flavour, but it's a big ask. So I think 
it's fine on times to buy your own ground spices, but open the jar, smell it. There should be a real potency that hits you, not that kind of dusty disappointment. Um, I noticed the other day I was testing a recipe actually that was um, heavy on cinnamon. And I kept thinking this just doesn't, it doesn't taste enough. Something's missing. I opened up my cinnamon jar, even though I'd bought it mm. recently. It just didn't have the flavor. I bought a new stock and it was completely transformed. So I think that's the key thing is to just respect the freshness and it really does make a difference. You have travelled extensively, as I mentioned, and, and your travels have informed the recipes that you've shared in the Nutmeg Trail. But what is your spice rack like at home? How do you go about getting some more <laughs> exotic spices and are you completely overwhelmed? Um, I, I, I am quite overwhelmed. It's not just a rack. <laughs> there's, a, there's a cupboard as well. And I must say, I've brought back a lot of strange spices from things. It's a sort of hobby for me. But equally, what I really wanted to show in the book, although I featured a few unusual spices, I wanted to show how we can use the spices we're all familiar with that yeah. most people have in their cupboards and how you can put them to effect. Because uh, you know, something with something rare, a cinnamon berry in it. It might be an exotic novelty, but I want to make things that are accessible and show that you can do that with the ingredients you know and you have. I think you've more than achieved that. Congratulations on the Nutmeg Trail, and thank you very much for giving us your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me.